What up, what up, film fans? This is Beer Bourbon and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 81. 81. Wow. <laughs> a long time. This episode, we'll be reviewing... Creed 3 and John John Wick 4. Good to see you, Tawana. Good to see you, Vaughn. What you drinking today? Um, I went to one of my favorite places. Harlem Hops. Harlem Hops. They're going to start having to pay us. And I agree. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a conversation with. with it's Kevin. time for them to start paying us. <laughs> and let's have. A she lives in Harlem Hops. Well, I don't live there, but now that things are a little bit better, I like to go for a nice little drink and have you know a good time and enjoy myself. So you know, this is where I end up. <laughs> I go to yoga, and then I'm like, you know. I'd like a little drink, and it's nice to be in a bar. I'm a conversationalist. Yes. Why podcasts are great for me. I can never stop talking. No one shuts me up. This is, you know, this there is you all go. apropos. <laughs> and, uh, so you go into a bar, you sit down, you have a good drink, you know the bartenders, you know the locals because it's a local spot, and you just, you know, you meet different people, and it's nice to be able to talk to people without fear of death. So, <laughs> right, you know, I, I, you know, this is this is just how no, things wind up. I hear you. And so, anyway, um, two things occurred last night when I picked this up. One is I got a flight, and I like to get a flight because then you get to try a few different things. Mm-hmm. So I got a barley wine that's really great called the Grain Reaper. I forgot the name of the company because it's twelve percent. And so I'm like, whew. <laughs> and that's only a five ouncer and it's 12%. So I was like, damn, that was really good. And that was also a mistake because that's what set, set me up for failure. <laughs> oh. But, you know. You I, mean how you came home? Yes. <laughs> set me up for failure. <laughs> Chopped cheese failure. <laughs> yeah. she And she was living for that sandwich. Y'all. It was horrible. You too. should have seen it. She was living for every bite. It was horrible though as i'm as i was finishing it i'm like this is the worst fucking chopped cheese i, I can't go and back. you don't even eat like that anymore. i don't eat like so that like, anymore why but... is she shoving that and i even said to you you are literally shoving <laughs> that sandwich down your throat i was like are you okay because i felt like texas was too greasy and then i got the chopped cheese like that was and any she's ref- better she's referring to texas fried chicken yes so if you're in New York, you know when I say Texas, you know the deal. Right. It's the, it's the new Kentucky. Oh, it's the Kennedy fried chicken. It's the new Kennedy. Yes. Right. So I mean, it's cheap. Four for four. You can't go wrong. I guess. But not. anyway, uh, so I had that. I had this particular beer called Blues Dance. Mm-hmm. I had a great Imperial Stout by, um, I think it's Root and Bone, um, and then I had a Harlem Brewing. Um, Harlem Brewing Company, I had their wit. Okay. Which I'm sorry, I'm not really a fan of. But I'm a fan of hers. Celeste all day. Enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Black woman making beer. Get it. But yeah, just not that one for me. Gotcha. Anyway, so I settled on Blues Dance. Okay. Made by the Copper Sun Brewing Company. Copper Sun Brewing Company is the new incarnation of Roger. Um, I hope I don't mispronounce his name. Uh, Apollone. Mm-hmm. Junior, okay, who was one of the co-founders of Four City Brewing? Look all of this up. We've reviewed their beers before. Um, I think they're a great brewer company too. They do a lot of fun recipes. But it seems like Roger, who just happened to be there, mm. so I got to geek out a little bit, right? As the man's talking to me, and I'm like, wait a minute, what's your name? He's like Roger. I was like, get the. Nice to meet you, man. I'm drinking your beer. That's amazing. You know, had a little conversation. Yeah. He's got a whole little teaching program going she on. She beer geeked out. Beer geeked the fuck out. Jumped down in my chair. He was very happy to see that, though. <laughs> so anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about my my uh, future uh, 
endeavors with them. She's going to be in a brewmaster, y'all. I feel like that's that's a part of my it's destiny. Coming, it's coming into her world. I feel like it's part of my destiny. But I won't forget y'all because film is my other destiny. So I really have to choose this fork in the road. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> maybe you could be drunk on your way to your, your film destiny. or Maybe you could we just... could serve good beers at or, my. Exactly. Or we could have like a viewing room at my bar or yeah. distillery I'm kind or of feeling that. something like that. There I'm are several sort of incarnations of this. And there's a drink in every movie. There's a drink in every movie. We can serve little cool popcorns, drinks, foods, little snaps, little tapas, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. But I think <laughs> nothing crazy. I feel like this might be it. I'm, you know, we, I'm on my second journey. Come on. Pluto's in Aquarius. Get into it. All right. <laughs> All right, then. Well, what I did, I, I'm keeping it simple this time. I wanted to, to come up with a, a drink that was one approachable and achievable for everybody around the world so i decided to go to maker's mark to make this uh i did what i what i made was a bourbon amaretto sour and it is absolutely delicious and considering we're recording a little earlier today than usual i'm really feeling it really nicely now Mm -hmm. so you can find that's why i had a sandwich you can find maker's mark really (laughs) anywhere just go to any any you know, good spirit store, spot, liquor good, store. It's just amazing. And um and Amaretto, of course. Everybody knows De Serono. De Serono, I'm sorry, De Serono. Everybody knows it. It's literally the only Amaretto you can buy now. I've, I, it's, as I went to several different beverage stores looking for it, it was literally the only brand people were selling. And I was like, okay, you guys own the market for Amaretto. But I'm sure there's some others out here. But um, Di Serono is very good. And what this is, is literally bourbon, bitters, simple syrup, and amaretto. Absolutely amazing. Nice. I'm, I'm totally enjoying this. I'm about to pour up another one in, I in between. I couldn't try it because I had. She's, she's so busy. You know, I had a little peanut, peanut butter, butter sandwich and then with coffee. You know, you know. And so that worked nice with my beer, but I, I'm glad it's working for her. But <laughs> I this, could try. this one is working for me. Yes. So as we, you know, as we move through these movies and, and talk about a little stuff, you know, I, I recommend that you give it a try. This is also a good summer drink. I know a lot of people are afraid to have brown liquors in the summer. Grow up. But this is an this is another opportunity to make a nice cocktail that would be great in the summertime. Don't be afraid to drink, folks. Grown people drink. Right. Children, and, children, children guzzle. So we can do this. Right. I got faith in y'all. And, and don't be afraid of dark liquor, as it were, or, no. br- or brown, as I hear it always referenced. It's not a grown man drink. It just means they know they got a little more sense about what they're putting in their body. Right. Let's not white claw it to death. Let's not kill yourself over, like, <laughs> watery ices. Like, and 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 uh, Hennessy for all the Henny drinkers. Listen, I'm not hating on you. I do like a little Henny colada. Yes. I'm not gonna lie, it's a good fun drink. And if you catch a little nutty outside, you get a little nutcracker. That's fun too. BBQs, that's fun too. But let's do better. Right. Let's shake right? it up a little bit. You let's know, it's, it. it's all good. It's all good to shake it up a little bit. Absolutely. But one thing I want to do real quick because I ha- I went on a little bit about my drink, but I, I had to about my experience rather. But I didn't actually tell you what the drink was. Thank you. Please do. So um, it's called Blues Dance, of course. Copperson Brewing Company. Um, it's an English pale ale, right? 5.1 ABV. So it's nice. It's drinkable. So their synopsis of how they made their beer is this English-style pale ale pays homage to the Jamaican men and women of the Windbush generation who brought their culture and magic to the UK in 1948. Uh, I don't know much more than that about the history of it. I looked it up and I couldn't really find much more, but that is the inspiration for the beer. But what I will say about the beer is what's really nice about it is it stays true to style for an English pale ale, but it's not quite as bitter. What I really like is, is I really love the balance. I really love the malt of it and the hop and the bitterness of it is nicely balanced. I could have several of these and not be upset about it. And and if you've listened to the show, you know how I feel about hoppiness. I'm not very IPA-ish, though I've learned some new things about an IPA. I'm not very, still don't think that's a drinkable, fun, leisurely time. Um, but I will say that this is nice. So if you find it, what I'm understanding is it's in circulation on tap at like, let's see, 
10 Harlem Hops here in New York City. It's at Boulevard Bistro. It's at Beer Run. These are all in Harlem. It's at Beer Wax. That's in Brooklyn. And Susia at USP in Brooklyn. All right. So that's for all, everyone in New York. That's for everyone in New York. But listen, these are these are regional beers. There are beers from D.C. I haven't tried, like Sankofa. Still haven't had Sankofa. Got to go to D.C. to drink Sankofa or DMV area. So these things happen, you know. But um, if you are in the tri-state area and you can make it to one of these locations, give them a shot. It's a pretty tasty beer. It's a pretty tasty beer. Don't be a hater. <laughs> like I said, I'm just trying to provide bourbons for people who anywhere in the universe that want a good bourbon and you can find some maker's mark i promise yeah you can definitely find it i mean this is a this is a good this is a good brew so if you want to take a little trip do your thing i love the color on it i love that amber such a beauty it looks like a red ale yeah it's beautiful it's got this beautiful hazelnut maybe chestnutty color and and that's the maltiness of it so it's it's just a tasty beer. It's got a nice full balance on the tongue. But, you know, so we wanted to talk a little bit about yeah, industry news. Yeah, let's move into industry news a little bit. Okay. And with industry news, we wanted to pay a little homage since we realized that we've been a little missing this month. We've had some life things we needed to take care of. But um, what we wanted to do was touch base on, like, some highlights of some... Since it was, it is? No, no is it? we're in April now. We, oh, it's we, April. You're referring it to was March. Woman's Month yesterday. <laughs> right. So we wanted to pay homage to, to, to a few of our favorite black women directors uh, and a couple of their films. You want me to go? Mm-hmm. Should I go first? Um, so one of my uh, faves is Shirley Chisholm, whether it's called Chisholm. 72, unbought and unbossed. I stand before you today as a candidate for the Democratic nomination for the presidency of the United States of America. What I really like about this one is Michelle Mater had a lot to do with this. Oh, wonderful. Rest in peace, Michelle. Yes. Your impact is still being felt. I love it. She is absolutely 100%. She um, helped helped with their PR mm-hmm. and uh, helped to get them to get them pushed forward. I guess in terms of um, she worked with Shola Lynch, the director, on a couple of films of hers, I believe. Um, I guess they're her because she had a few businesses, right? So she she was in charge of Julie Dash and like. Uh, Daughters of the Dusk and and getting that to be like pretty much the first woman, black woman directed featured film that uh, was in um, theater release. Uh, and so I assume that her company, her PR company was about that, too, was about pushing forward the next group of black women directors and um, for docs and, and features. But anyway, um that's our little blip about Michelle Mater, our cherished, uh, our cherished professor. So what I really like most about Chisholm, 72 Unbought and Unboss, was that it was this historical documentary on Brooklyn Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm and her campaign for the Democratic Party presidential nomination in 72. She was the first woman of color to ever run for president. She was also the first black woman congresswoman. For, in, in in her regard, when you watch this, she she definitely speaks about how she's not just running as the first this or the first that. She ran for the people. And by the people, I don't just mean black. She ran for everybody, the disenfranchised, the poor, the, the affected, and she wanted to push forward. But what I like most about Shirley was um, MLK had a, had, a, had a little quote that stated that uh, the most radical act a black person could exact would be to exert their full measure of their citizenship. And Shirley did just that when she ran for office. So uh, give this movie a shot because it's definitely uh, one of my faves. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I understand that. For me, it was what happened, Nina Simone. Yes. 
which is on Netflix, and you can definitely catch it. It's from 2015. We'll start from the beginning. My mother was one of the greatest entertainers of all time, hands down. But she paid a huge price. She could get angry and start arguments with people. Y'all pushing, you're pushing. Don't put nothing in it. Let's do it again. My father had a strategic plan in terms of how mom's career was going to go, but she wanted something more. There was something missing in her. Very well done documentary, and I think documentary films are so important. And 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 honestly. To be honest about documentary films, it's not like everything documentary documentary films have a perspective. So Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily all facts all the time, but you get a perception of facts based on what the director wants you to impale. Mm -hmm. It wants you to take in about those subjects. But Mm -hmm. this one was a great personal, very personal, very intimate telling of Nina Simone's life. And her daughter was in the documentary Mm -hmm. and they really unfold we don't get a lot of that either right. from Nina. Right. To to really find out about her struggle, you know, with mental illness, mental illness. And, and singing, her, her activism. Yeah. Civil and, rights. And all of that and how, you know, they were, they were constantly trying to shut her down. You know, the government was actually trying to shut her down because she was a big part of the civil rights movement. And she was a firm believer in, yeah. in, in activists and, in, in, in uh, music and, artistry working with the activists to to spread the message of equality right and and anti-racism she was all about that and so you know within all of that and and just her struggles in the music industry because she was a classically trained pianist Mm -hmm. but she wanted to she wanted to sing and she wanted to perform so she wanted to move away from just playing piano she wanted to sing and she wanted to show her art and her craft but she had a lot of demons in it with her mental illness and then she had, you know, uh, an abusive husband and she she went through a lot. But she also left this country and lived in, in Europe and experienced. Yeah, she was an expatriate. Right. What it was like to live in another country. One and, of several. Right. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, in reality, you don't really get to grow and blossom until you leave America, mm-hmm. Americans. So just know that, yeah. you know, it was one of those things where she went to a place where she wasn't treated like, you know, a, a third class citizen she was actually treated with her respect and dignity yeah. and she was honored for her talent and her experience so I definitely would recommend this film right you know also directed by a woman Liz Garbus exactly and when when women direct films about women you really get an honest uh an open uh not necessarily a female perspective but you get more of a you get a gaze that's not driven by sexuality and 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 all these things that men seem to focus on when telling a story. Well, when men tell a story, it's objective. When women tell a story, it's perspective. Right, right. And there and there is quite a difference. And so it it, it humanizes her in a way. You know, you learn about her relationship with you know Malcolm X and Malcolm X's family and how they they grew up. The families grew up together and they spent time together here in New York. And and you never really saw that before. And then you learned about yeah. her mental illness was just, a big just deal. Just her mental illness and, and her untreated mental untreated illness for completely. so many years. And, yeah. and sadly and unfortunately, a lot of people back in the day, because mental illness wasn't talked about the way it is constantly here in, in the US, yeah. uh, you know, and there was medications and all these things. I think it's time to, you know, this film really delves into that and the impact on her mental illness in her family. So I think that it's it's interesting to see, you know, this kind of film. So I, I would definitely recommend that to give it a watch. Yeah, definitely would too. Um, it's one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is our third and last. We just took a handful. This is not to pick everyone we think. We're just because there's so many doing a blip of some of our highlights that we really like. And this one is a particular uh, f- big fave. Mini hero of mine, I think. <laughs> um, um, you don't have to. You don't have to shave me like that, though. The side eye was not. It was not it, though. <laughs> Ada. I mean, I don't. I think I hear more about daughters of the dusk, but you know, I get it. Daughters of the dusk and 
Casey Casey Lemons Ease by You and I love Ease by You too and it was actually my pick and she got so upset about it I was like how you gonna how you just gonna pick Ease by You though because she tries to live in my head folks yeah that's what happens um (laughs) so Casey Lemons which we learned is not Cassie it's Casey (laughs) um directed Ease by You uh which is this great little film about this family in Louisiana in the bayou um, and how it's a clan uh, of Batiste, the Batiste family. Memory is a selection of images, some elusive, others printed indelibly on the brain. You love your daddy, baby. You know I do. It's all I need. It's a Southern Gothic film, and it takes place in one summer. And what they deal with and the mysticism and the magic of the culture, the life, the love, the intrigue of this particular family. And beautifully directed, but also beautifully acted. Sam Jackson, Journey Smollett, Megan Good. Uh, I'm not done, so don't don't yell at me. <laughs> um, getting to the stars. Um, Lynn Whitfield, of course. Debbie motherfucking Morgan. Yes. Right. The goddess. I, I always thought maybe I'd be this aunt when I grew older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I still might be. Um, <laughs> I might be on that track. Uh, you know, Jake Smollett, the incomparable Diane Carroll. Legendary. Uh, Fondy Curtis Diane Hall, Carroll. Lisa Nicole Carson, Roger uh, Guinevere Smith. I could go on and on and on, but why bother? Um, fantastic film. Um what I really particularly really love about Ease By You the most is the way she plays with flashbacks, the way she sort of recreated it. I mean, it's really hard when you do film to create a flashback and has to look like it doesn't exist in the same plane. She plays with this masterfully in black and white. She plays with this masterly as she breaks the fourth wall. We've talked about that before when they look directly into the camera. She's telling the story of a flashback and she's looking at us directly, but she's also looking at her niece, so from the niece's POV. But then at the same time, she walks into the flashback that's in taking place in the background foreground, depending on which perspective you're looking at, and then continues to tell the story. It's it's just beautiful. It's beautiful the way she uh, depicts the ghosts in in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, Debbie Morgan is so fly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love everything about Debbie Morgan. And then, From her days yeah. as Angie, oh, all yeah. my children. For sure. It's just it's just a beautiful film. Uh, uh, this beautiful depiction of life in the bayou. Uh, the landscapes are amazing. It, it's good. I think you need to check it out. It's on everything. It was on Showtime. It's on Sling. Um, it's on a bunch of stuff. You can definitely stream it. And you could stream... Um, Chisholm is on Prime, I believe. Yep. And um, Nina Simone's documentary is it's on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. So, I mean, those are our top three. Like I said, it is not synonymous with the whole, but that's what we there like. There are a lot of films done by women that are not getting the credit so that they are many. due. And so I right. want people to just, you know, reach out, reach learn out. a little bit more, reach out, extend yourself. Extend yourself. And, you know, hear a different perspective on some storytelling. And that's always good. Yeah. And look into the Oscars because we 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 just had an Oscar uh, episode and we talked about a bunch of women that got robbed. Yep. So go watch their films. Yeah, for sure. And, and don't even just watch it because they're women. But look at the perspective of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Always. Yeah, of course. So let's jump into the movies we want to review today. Yeah. So you got you got a little extra this week. because <laughs> We movie did up this time. Oh, my God. Are we going to start with Creed? Creed 3? Um, yeah, we can start with Creed Let's start with Creed 3. All right. I spent the last seven years of my life living out my wildest dreams. Bianca. Rocky. My dad. This is built on their shoulders. Directed by Michael B. Jordan. Uh, starring Jonathan Majors... Um, sorry, Tessa Thompson, my fave. Uh, uh, Wood Harris, Felicia Rashad, uh, this incomparable little woman, 
Mila Davis Kent. I love that little girl. Who plays Creed's uh Creed's daughter in the film. Um and uh Tessa Thompson's daughter as well. Uh takes on Adonis has been thriving in both his career and his family life. But when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face-off is more than just a fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I, I have to start with saying that for this to be Michael B. Jordan's first directorial 100%. debut. 100%. He was, this, this film is fantastic. I love the way the fight scenes were done. I love the, the humanity and the passion in the, in the, the human story he's telling. It's not just your typical Rocky film. It, yes, it's in the Rocky, it's in the Rocky universe, mm-hmm. even though Rocky is not really, it, Rocky is barely referenced in the film, which is an unfortunate piece, but that's due to some contract issues that, you know, Sylvester Sloan set up. Unfortunately, and he's trapped in them right now, but eventually we're going to see some more Rocky infused with anything Creed. So mm-hmm. um, it just know it's coming, but there's, it's a contractual issue right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but this film was really cool. I, I loved how, you know, there was just so much humanity in it. First of all, I have to start with saying I love the disability inclusion here because we had our we had deaf and hard of hearing characters mm-hmm. represented in the film and not as victims of their disabilities, no. but people who actually lived with their disabilities and functioned in day-to-day life. And, and they did a really good job because Tessa Thompson's character is hard of hearing mm-hmm. while the daughter is deaf. Yeah, and Amara. They, Amara. And they signed throughout the film with her. She was a major part of the the the, the drama and the plot. And she was she was a she was a little warrior herself and she was wanting to train with her father. And I love that. And I love the com- the communication between the father and the daughter and their their connection was really cool. And um, at, there was no point where she was represented as pitied or anything like that. She was just this was the, the little warrior princess that she was. Yeah, she was. And it was really cool. And um, I like that. Mm-hmm. She was she was really great in it. Um, what I really liked about uh, Creed three. Uh, I would guess thanks in part, I wouldn't guess, I would say thanks in part to Kramer Morgenthau, who is the (coughs) American cinematographer uh, who shot this. Uh, He also did uh, Thor, The Dark World, Chef, Creed II, uh, Game of Thrones, Sleepy Hollow. So his work is is known Um, through television and film. But most importantly... uh, this, this story was told so well visually. Um, I would think that for a first-time director, Michael B. Jordan really paid attention to the story he wanted to tell. He so painstakingly laid it out to involve the film goer, the viewer, in the fight scenes. They, they in, immersed us in the POVs of the fighters they separated us at one point from the rest of the action in general. There were so many different cuts and takes and wide angles and different techniques that were used to 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 immerse you into this. It it, it is quite a first going. Um, congratulations to you, Mike, because I uh, say Mike like I know him, but. <laughs> But congratulations to you because you did a hell of an effort. Uh, acting phenomenal. Uh, Jonathan, B. Ma- um, Jonathan Majors as usual. And uh, Michael Jordan, Tessa Thompson, all fantastic. Um, but what else I really liked about this is, okay, two men fighting. They've got a grudge. Past shit come, pops in. We have to figure that out. Things have to be worked out. Um, but it didn't turn into some macho fight fest. Um, which can alienate some people and be like, you know, I don't relate to this. I don't give a fuck about y'all macho-ness measuring of egos, but they made it more of a, like a brotherhood and two brothers trying to resolve themselves. And I love that because there was a vulnerability about the two men that doesn't normally exist for men of color, especially uh, black men entirely almost. 
And I really love the way, especially Jonathan Majors, always seems to be able to access this vulnerability in a person without making him seem like the ill-factored, like, depiction is that vulnerabilities and tears make you weak but that doesn't it makes you human and i love how he's always able to depict it in a way that makes him seem um very human yeah michael was michael's been doing it a lot too yeah and i think that that's what made them pair so well together right and i I think that they tapped into that and they made the story more palatable for people that not don't really care about Rocky per se, right? Or or the the Rocky franchise, or even Creed. But the fact that they understood that these are two people in a struggle. They were they were former friends, right? And this sometimes friendships go awry. And right. I think that they were able to tell this story in a way that was meaningful and understandable. And even at the end of it, I'm not going to tell you what happens, right? But even at the end of it, there was a resolution between them as friends, exactly that stood out. As friends, as people. Right. You know, human beings that. That isn't normally the ending of something like this. It's the villain and the. Right. You know, that's what the Rocky films have been. But Rocky was created in a different time. Right. And so I think people have been able to access themselves. Because, but I truly believe that, you know, since Michael B. Jordan has been working with, you know, Ryan Coogler. In, 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 in between Black Panther and then the original Creed. Oh, so. um, um, was that original one they made the station? Oh yes, uh, Fruitville Station. Fruitville Station. That that they're they're trying to tell stories that involve black men in a different way, and they're managing as human, right? They're human. <laughs> it's not just about their masculinity, no. but it's also about their human qualities yes. that you know, and their friendships and brotherhood, and and brotherhood is a strong thread that runs through everything yes and and even when you even when you drum down to uh creed's character in the film and his relationship with his wife and his relationship with his mother Mm -hmm. you know you get a different perspective it's not just your usual you know it's not just your usual oh they're just side pieces and side storylines they're actually a a major thread in the story and they influence his life Mm -hmm. and you know they're just not you know show pieces they're not just you know oh this is my wife oh this is my mother they're just not just symbols of femininity yeah they're they're actual inclusion into their lives very right. important figures right and in the story something. in their lives right and they mean something yeah and they have some serious dialogue mm-hmm. that delves into relationship and, and and being open and having communication and growth right and that's and, important in the story and and speaking about what bothers you? Possible needs for therapy. Right. There was a lot of that. Yeah. They leaned a lot into that. Now I was really impressed with that because you don't you don't always see that in films. And, no, you and don't. I'm, I'm so happy to see that kind of stuff playing out. Well, I also think um well because Keegan Kugler is um is um Kugler's brother, right? Ryan mm-hmm. Kugler's brother. Right. Who I didn't know was a writer. He wrote this Oh, he them. wrote the screenplay. Um, mm-hmm. He wrote this with them. Him, Zach, Balin, and uh, Ryan all created the story, but then he wrote the screenplay for this with uh, Zach. Okay. Um, and so I think that's a different generation of men. Right. Um, the, the 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 stuff we watched before was all like 80s, 90s, um, and it was hyper-masculine, identified shit, 70s, like this is what a man is and that's it. There was no really stretch. There was no depiction of levels of men and variations. Um, It was an archetype and you didn't go past this. I think this generation is definitely doing much better in that regard. Uh, Let's say uh, millennials and Zs have a different depiction of what their emotions can express versus being like, yeah, and I'm sorry for coughing, y'all. Like my allergies are killing me today. Uh, but I, I totally agree with you, and I'm, I'm so glad that we're we're in this level of of filmmaking and storytelling that you can actually see this. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's so weird because when when the when the press pieces and everything promotional work came out, 
around Jonathan Major and and Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. There were there were images of them hugging, hugging each being other, friendly. and people had problems with that. And you know, there's a that's that toxic masculinity masculinity shit. to assume homosexuality, right? And it's like it doesn't even it doesn't even have anything to do with that. Or even lesser men when Aesop a- Rocky was holding was walking behind yeah Rihanna, Rihanna and holding the baby, holding the baby. They were like, like, oh, well, I don't understand what's wrong with that. He's the he father? is the father of that child, <laughs> and he is her husband and he's her husband what what does that mean but also the piece was about her had it been about him maybe the role would have been changed right exactly the perspective was that not that she was the boss but that she is the lead in the piece right and he's a part of her family so unbelievable how where we're telling these how these things get twisted now But that's also individuals Mm -hmm. you have an actual problem with that because you have an actual problem with whatever your depiction is of where you stand right and that doesn't listen rihanna is a billionaire self-made uh hugely popular worldwide with multiple companies under her belt Right. He is a rapper. Right. What's the difference between him, Jay-Z, and Beyonce? Exactly. Right? So, like, Jay-Z sometimes stands in the pocket when Beyonce is on screen. Yep. So, this can happen the same way. And at the same time, Rihanna pushes Aesop to the front when need be. Yep. He supports her. She supports him. Absolutely. Let's 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 look into ourselves. Maybe and, get a little and, therapy and, and, and figure out what you stand. You know, um, Jonathan Majors in his promotion, like Ebony did this huge, yeah, you it know, was enormous promotion of piece around him. Not only his workout, but also that it was around Valentine's Day when it was all launching. Yeah, so it was him. You know, with a bunch of roses and flowers, and roses he was wearing and this huge pink coat which yeah. was fly as hell and these boots and all this. it was really a cool yeah. piece but so many people had a problem with that trying to say that they were feminizing him there is nothing, there was nothing feminized feminine about, about it it was really really cool and uh, but the fact that he could do that but, is what's cool you know, and, he's okay within himself right and and he's cool with it and the thing is the and jet. now and you know in the recent news and he news, was shirtless right and in recent news you know they talk about this scandal with him and some of those same men that were bashing him in that point are all of a sudden supporting him right in this oh this woman is attacking you and yes it turns out that it's everything is cool he's gonna be fine he got dropped from a few of his brands that he was working with don't pick him back up they're gonna pick him back up because this this whole situation with him in the news is is, is just smoke and mirrors so you know Jonathan Majors is a Hollywood it boy right now we've reviewed several of his films in yeah. our in our all the history. way back to uh last black man in san francisco yes, which he was phenomenal and in. the surprise hit of the film yeah and so i i just want you to you know don't don't sleep on him and his work with marvel that's going to continue and so there's so much happening but i think that we need to open our eyes to it but once again this film is so much more than just another boxing film because yeah. they, they show boxing has, in a different way it has levels to it it has it has um there are levels to it and there are there are all these different avenues that it takes to bring a well-rounded story it's just not two men punching it out pugilists in the middle of a ring just going in and just we're just watching them train and their women are set pieces and no everyone has a place and the levels are great the 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 character structure is really good i'd see it again yeah for i sure. mean it was a lot of fun i left and i being, saw it in imax we saw it we in saw imax, it in IMAX. Mm-hmm. and i and i left being left the film feeling proud of all these people right. like wow Felicia right. Rashad and you went in certain and generation deep right you had Felicia Rashad you had you had so many people in this film that really just showed um like Wood Harris like right. you know he, he he carries on the tradition of um, Burgess Meredith Burgess Meredith mm-hmm. but Burgess Meredith and also I'm sorry I can't remember his name right now but it was the 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 black trainer that trained both uh oh yeah apollo yeah. and rocky in right. 3 yeah. and then in 4 and so i'm sorry i can't remember his name right now but um his i, he, I believe he played duke cuz uh wood harris is playing little duke Oh, I see. That's so the he carries on the tradition. He was his son. That's that little Easter egg. For yeah, y'all. that's that little Easter egg. So his he's Tony Burton. So Big Duke, I guess, was another Tony Burton. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I I just think like give it a shot. I mean, I'm sure you already saw it. Yeah. 
And I hope but, you did. But if you if you if you didn't go check it out, maybe see it again because I I definitely want to check it out again. It was a good film. Um, and congratulations. I hope you get more options, uh, Michael. Michael, please keep keep doing it. Yeah. Micah. And I remember you all the way back as Reggie on all my children. So absolutely. You know, and it's it's so interesting that you know, <laughs> so many people have played little Reggie from All My Children because um, the late great Chadwick Boseman played Reggie first. And not a lot of people know about that, but he oh, actually played. About that. He played little Reggie first, and I think it's really interesting that you mm. know legacies come together and people come together. You never know where you're going to run into somebody again. This is true. That's the lesson there. That All right, so lesson. like I said, I definitely recommend this. I'm going to yeah. give this a five out of five. Yeah, total five. We should give it a ten. It was a fantastic film. Yeah. Love for to see sure, it again. For sure. For sure. So now let's jump into the thrill ride that is John Wick big, big, 4. Big, big John Wick 4. <laughs> this hit goes out to you, Mr. Wick. Woke up this morning. 42 regular, wasn't it? Yeah. And so it begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... John Wick 4, starring the one and only Keanu Reeves. Icon. Icon. Directed by Chad Stileski. Mm-hmm. Might have mispronounced that part. I think you got it. Um, John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table. Before, But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must once again face off against a new enemy, with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. <laughs> um, starting, of course, Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, um, uh, rest in peace to Lance Reddick, who played yes. Sharon, uh, Clancy Brown, Ian McShane, Mc, uh, uh, new guy, Bill Skarsgård. We all know him from It. Go ahead, Bill. Um, martial artist and These actor. Skarsgård boys be doing it. They really do. Donnie Yen, um, another martial artist, uh, Marco Zarrar, and on and on. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. We can't forget um, Hiroyuki Sonata. Loved him. And uh, yeah. And Mr. Nobody, Shamir Anderson. I like Shamir Anderson, too. He did a very good I really like turn Shamir in Anderson. this. He was he was nice. He had a tiny bit of comic relief, and he was a nice, uh, interesting, interesting take on on a new on a new thing. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed his performances too, and, yeah. and the work with the dog. It was really cool. But um, go ahead, Tawana, tell us what you're thinking. Oh well, so I, okay, so I will say this. Let's let's start with what I feel. Go ahead. The negative. Don't we parts. always do? The negative parts, and then I'll wax on poetically about the fun parts. I'm sorry, this movie was too fucking long. This shit was three hours with fucking 20-minute trailers. It was long. Three hours long? It was long. I don't long. need a movie to be that long. We're not in the age of Titanic any long. And you had so much in this film. Two hours would have did it. Even if you want to do 215. I'm going to give you 215. <laughs> That's it. My dude, three hours? It was quite a lot. It was a long fucking film. And I saw this in the middle of the week. So my ass was tired from work. And I still was like, God damn, this is a long movie. But thankfully, I never fell asleep. It kept me up. It kept me going because it was an exciting fair. And I do think that a couple of the fight scenes were a bit too long. Um, You could easily shave the half an hour, 45 minutes off of this. Now, on to the good stuff. Oh, so I say all that to say go see it on a weekend <laughs> so you can just chill the fuck out and yeah. not rush to see it. Um, fight scenes, Japanese hotel, fucking fantastic, amazing. Um, talk about adaptive, um, adaptive work. There was an actor in there who was who was a blind character. Vaughn's going to talk to you more, I'm sure, about the adaptive part, but I alone thought it was fucking amazing and it looked genuine. It wasn't this helpless bullshit. If anyone has ever been a fan of the show C, you will understand. That's on Apple TV, folks. On Apple TV, you will understand what I'm talking about because that is a great show and the entire world is blind and they live this adaptive language that's very similar to what they did in this film played by Donnie Yen. 
Also, um, love they brought a dog back. I feel like exact same dog that Halle Berry had in three. Mm-hmm. Um, super fun. Love the dog. Uh, glad to see the classics uh, characters return. You know, Lawrence Fishburne, the table, all of those things. Um, really excited to see. So this is the end. I will say that for you. This is it. Yeah, there's no more. This is not a spoiler. I'm John Wick. We're done with John. Okay. John has been through four movies, 25,000 countries, beat, fucked, slung, thrown, burnt, shot, stabbed, bent, (laughs) broken. He's done now. Okay. He will exist in this entire film. So that doesn't fuck it up for you. But don't expect the five. But do expect some sort of spinoff. So with that being said, I'd like to see how the high table was created. Yeah. I int- I'm interested in seeing how some of these various factions at the high table, which are like families in a sense, for mm-hmm. people who don't know the film, I'd like to see how they were created. Like, I'd like to see how fucking Lawrence Fishburne was like Trash King or whatever the fuck he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and on and on and on. I'd like to see how these hotels were created. Right. I'd like to see how this network works, how these women, tattooed women, sleeveless women in these fancy outfits are only using analog technology right. in this world full of fucking science. Yes. I, I don't really know how that works but, and why they feel a little downgraded, but yet it's kind of cool. It's some vintage shit in the middle of a digital world, but okay, whatever. But and I love the disc jockey and, and, and how we saw her The face, disc jockey was a new thing. How we saw her face face with her lips and that was a that's a trope from another movie uh from back in the sam day sam jackson did that in um god he did that in a in a spike lee movie mm-hmm. where it was really it was his lips and then it was his face maybe do the right thing could be and it's, there's it's definitely also, one of the spike movies there's also a reference from a a, a movie that referenced vi higginson so from back in the day right. with don Cheadle. yes also i'm gonna say this Let's talk about Warriors. Anybody remember that movie? Right. Back in the days, they also had a disc jockey who was like um, giving updates. Yep. Cheering them on. Yep. And it was only her lips as well. Yep. And I feel like that's where they, they, that that's where be, they took it from. That might be a universal trope throughout history of film. That's where it starts and yeah. then it continues on. Because I feel like it was, a, it was a nod to that. Yeah. Especially in the Warriors. I feel like it was a nod to that because there was something... How she gave information, but in such a cool way. Cool, sexy way. And the 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 upgrade to her was the nose ring, the septum ring. Right. Yeah. And it was like British French. She yeah. was using some French yeah. languages. Very sexy black woman. Sexy black woman. But yeah, continue. And so, you know, I, I love this film. I, I just, everything about it was a thrill ride. Yes, it was way too long. I do not believe in long movies anymore. If you can't, one thing I learned in editing class and, and thank you, Vlad, from directing class that you need to be able to tell a story in a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because time is money. And I feel like they, there's, there's some things that could have been left on the, the cutting room floor. But, you know, OK. But what they gave us was a total thrill ride from beginning to end. From beginning to end. You know, just just I mean, the beauty, the opulence, the yes. set direction costume design everything about it was beautiful to watch the the color treatment and the color theory in it was a lot it was beautiful i love the neon i love that neon red thing that was going throughout it and mm-hmm. everything about it was I, just beautiful the to waterfall watch. in that berlin club yeah there was just uh, and and i'm sorry everybody dancing around while all these fighting was going on. I'm like, my damn mind. Y'all need to, I don't know why y'all so busy dancing that y'all can't see all these fights. They barely moved. And it was like, when y'all gonna see that he just got stabbed 14 times. Y'all hot? Right. I don't know what kind of dance they were doing. Until eventually they started running. Right. But I think that was the gunshot. That was the gunshot. No, because he was (laughs) fucking. Oh, there was no guns. There was knives in that one. No, he was fucking. No, no, you're right. There was knives There were knives. But the whole thing was, it was just like, there was all this party going on, which reminded me of the Matrix. Actually, there was yes. a, a dance sequence, very big in dance sequence. But all the 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 talent between the stunt coordinators and 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 oh, for sure, all that crafting because the actors were able to move seamlessly through people dancing, the action, yeah. the water. I mean, that there was choreography so many things going on was was fantastic. 
stunning. And uh, Tawana talks about this this sequence of the stairs, and that was so much oh fun God. to me. I absolutely it was a lot loved of fun. it, but it was so much. But it fun. was another fight scene. That was one of two. The first one was the water scene that they could have sh- cut a little shorter, and the second was that staircase scene. Oh, it was I, so. At good, some though. point, at one point, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Get up the fucking stairs!" Because <laughs> we're at the end, and I'm like, but "That was that was the part of the journey, and that's why it, it was, was another so, half an hour." But that's why it was so cool <laughs> when old boy came up and said, "All right, we got to get you up these stairs. You got two minutes." And they were fucking literally two minutes. It was just a. It was another fight that ensued, and and that was just like, and it was great. Wow. Because uh, these fights were amazing. Um, a lot of it takes place at the end. A lot of it takes place sort of in Paris. So like the Arc de Triomphe where the cars do yeah, that circle. That, circle. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great scene. Fantastic. That was a great scene as they fight and weave in and out of this fucking traffic. That was all fantastic. Japanese hotel. And I referenced that because they were in Japan. It was one of their Japanese hotels. Lovely. Um, fantastic scene. Um, yeah. Just those other two, just they were just too long. There was a lot. There was a, there was so much. My favorite one was the fight scene in Germany when they were in the house, and you got it. It was yes. shot from above. Yes. So you saw the characters moving throughout this house from above, like a like a fl- like a floor plan. Yeah, and they were like mice in a, in a maze, and they were fighting and carrying on, and there was flames and fire. It was un believably fantastic i was cheering 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 and i was like well john actually should be dead now but it's okay he tried you know he tried to die but you know he was he was determined he was determined because he's he's the great hero in this and i feel like i feel like they did him justice or the character justice in, Mm -hmm. in how he he got his freedom. He and, was he was he, he was retired, lovely. Yeah, it was and nice. it was a nice send off. And was I was nice. like, John, you're tired now. He he fought his way Please through. Please go it. now. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> I, I would like you to just expire because <laughs> you you fought for generations. You you fought for everybody <laughs> and the ancestors. Everybody and the ancestors. Your wife is proud. You may leave. Right. Because it was like, and your dead dog and everything else. I don't want to see no more of these. Because his dog lived. Remember he? Well, the secondary the second dog. dog. Mm-hmm. He was still around. But like, uh, I was just like, thank God. Because I, I don't know if I could see a John Wick five. Um, yeah, I it, think they did it all in one. They, I think they did it all. In they one. finished. I'm, I feel like they were all long, but um, they did such a good job. And and to your point about the shot in Paris above shooting from above was fantastic because yeah, it reminded in me yeah, yeah, in, in Germany. Germany. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. That was in Germany? That was Germany. That was Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, reminded me a lot of um, Rope, Hitchcock's Rope. Right. There are, Hitchcock created this whole floor plan just, cause he, just so he could have seamless cuts and cut in camera. So cutting in camera means we cover the the camera with whatever the image is so it blacks out and then we start with a blacked out screen and the person walks away from the camera or whatever is in the camera gets removed Mm -hmm. so it's cutting within the frame within the camera and so this felt the same way and and hitchcock had that very above shot too a bit so it was really interesting how they included that yeah it was was and they were an influence and these these shots from above with this particular cartridge in this gun was amazing because it really makes sure you see every person that gets hit by this weapon. Yeah. And it was really cool with the juxtaposition of the dog and Mr. Nobody and John Wick. And obviously John Wick was the focus, but there was all this interaction behind him and around him. I mean, you had to have a B and C crews. Oh, easily, easily. Two, three cameras easily so you can catch all the action, plus all the background actors who were all stuntmen. Yeah. You had to have the biggest stunt budget in the world (laughs) because it was like a dance throughout the entire film. And there were so many things happening. It was just like, okay, because you had... You know, you had John Wick's character fighting. Then you had Mr. Nobody fighting. Then you had the dog. Then you had the big man, the big man who was the assistant to the other guy. 
you know, the French guys. So there were so sure. many little elements going on. And I was just like, how are they keeping all this together? And then you had the car chasing and the fighting. And it was just like, I mean, the stunt coordinators alone. And then all the work inside the car when the when the when the doors were off on both sides. Yep. That takes a lot of time and effort to plot that out too. A ton of so, time. So and then and you had people cars driving in a circle because there was action moving around all of the fight action. Plus the, all the production design. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because the opulence was on like a fifty. Yeah. Because uh this one guy, the marquee. Uh, played by Skarsgård was using the funds of the high table to its success. Right. And he had every fantasy. I mean, this motherfucker drinking tea in a, in a museum by himself. Right. You know, he's got like seven women on horses, um, um, parading each other on a, with a fencing, uh, blade. Uh, he, he just, he had like, he had like every meal laid out on the table just because he just so he could have a slice of cake. Mm-hmm. It was it was phenomenal the production design of it all, yeah. the set design of it all, of uh, the costume design, all the suits, um, makeup. Makeup department has like twenty forty people here. Right. Production management that's another twenty thirty people, and second unit twenty thirty people. Art department has, oh my God, that might be 50 people. It has to be. Oh my God. It has to be. There I mean, is, props there, alone. There is no way it couldn't. Props alone. Sound department, that's another huge department. Special effects department, visual. I mean, all of y'all, congratulations on these checks. Because um, <laughs> Cause you're going to get them. You're going to get them. You got paid very well to do a very hard job. And unfortunately, a film like this would never get nominated for an Oscar. No, but, but the it whole would thing get about nominated it, for sound. For sound. Or and, editing. And, and costume design. Or costume and design. And all that kind of stuff. Editing, because editing was incredible too so i think that and you know, the s- they will get the acknowledgement that they deserve hopefully yes. but you know they ain't gonna win the big one but you know what i mean you and know, i understand the look of this because cool. it was uh the cinematographer is a danish cinematographer named dan dan lauston mm-hmm. um and his movies speak volumes because he did the shape of water which is beautiful oh. crimson peak Stunning. Oh my goodness. Nightmare That's Alley, why. another That's why. beautiful film. All fantastic. All fantastic films. films. The Brother of Wolf. And he actually did um oh I think he did all the John Wicks. No, he did the first three. I mean the the last three. So and the possession. Like these are all his movies are stunning. So And all of those we've re- most of those films she just rattled off, we reviewed. Yeah. So just, you know, um props to you, sir, because you did a phenomenal job in just showcasing what a film like this could look like. Um, but, you know, amazing. I'm going to give it. Oh, and I just want to say one last thing about this film. Um, props to them because a lot of this film takes a lot of license from John Woo's A Better Tomorrow series mm-hmm. in which there is a bit of a dance with gun and 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 shooting these duels where it's like a dance with a weapon is really kind of amazing um you know four shots to the head and by shots i mean punches and then two shots okay so this is incredibly violent but it's almost like a dance how john woo fights a john john wick fights yeah and when you look at a john woo film like a better tomorrow you can see a distinct correlation to it so, I mean, little film history for y'all. Go back yeah. and look at those films. And it has a, a very Korean film aesthetic. It has a very Asian aesthetic. Mm-hmm, um, and so, and and that's that's not saying much considering, you know, the people around it. It's a very, it's a very European undertaking. Um, European and, and Asian undertaking. So, I think good for you guys. Yeah. This. And I'm going to just once again reference the the disability inclusion because you have yes. to because the fact that you had a, a serious warrior who was blind and he was able to kick ass the entire film. Crane played and, by Danny Yoon. Yes. And he did a fantastic job. And I love to want to reference earlier about how they use the his his adaptive skill language, yeah. and his adaptive language to kill all these folks and uh, you know once again just like they did in creed you know representation matters and you know hollywood needs to wake up and tell better stories and include more people 
And uh, so once again, this is a five out of five for me. I'm glad they end this part of the franchise. I know there's going to be a lot of spinoffs. I'm glad they ended this the way they did. I'm glad they ended this the way they did. I'm glad they ended it also because we're done now. Um, (laughs) uh, It's too long. It's too long. Four is too long. We're done now. I mean, if you're a horror movie, keep going. I don't care. You keep killing people to the end of the time. But how long can you tell this story for? So let's move (laughs) on to new characters and let it and let it and let John rest. Poor John, man. He's been fighting for a long time. So I'm glad to see that he has succeeded in what he needs to do. Keanu, thank you for your resurrection. You you keep doing it. You keep doing it. Keep keep working. He's one ass kicking bow legged man. Let me tell you. Them bow legs are famous. One of my friends posted (laughs) online last night. They they could have cut out the 20 minutes of him just walking because there were so many scenes of him just walking. But it's so iconic. His bow legged walk is so iconic. Yeah, and that's (laughs) what everybody wants to see because they want to see. Those are Keanu tropes that people want to see. Those are Keanu tropes because I'm like, you can't be still walking. But yeah, I guess you're walking. <laughs> you know, he survived all of that. He survived everything. So, um, I'd say another film that I wish I could give more than five. Go see it. It's yeah. a fun time. It's a rainy day in New York. I don't know where you are listening to this, but I mean, check it out. Check it out and um and have a good time. Yeah, it's definitely sure. a fun film. Uh, <laughs> and we 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 just love doing these. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> this was a fun episode to do. Yeah, for sure. And I had some, I had some really good drinks here tonight. <laughs> exactly. And we're glad you came. So if you like this episode, please be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That is SoundCloud, where we host. Yes. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Spotify. Mm-hmm. There is a couple others I'm missing. Maybe. I think you got them all. But if you need to speak to us, please make sure to uh, to hit us up yep. on any of those. Absolutely. Use the hashtag, hashtag BBM podcast. We're so happy you were here to listen. <laughs> Me too. Um, join us for the next episode. Thank you. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie.